Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. About to you turn to your neighbour again, just say, hey, get ready, get ready, get ready. Good to see you. Hello, random citizen sitting over there. Nice to have you here with us as well. <laughs> so good to have you here. Man, I love the church. Like, um, just feel born for the church. Like, God's call on uh, Deb and our, uh, on our lives. Like, we just, we are, like, we've laid our lives down for this. We've laid our lives down to Jesus. And we just, we just want, uh, we, be- we want and we believe that God has got, uh, such an incredible future for his church, not only Thrive Church, but every church in this community, every church in this nation. You know, there's so many churches that are in that gestation stage at the moment that are going to be birthed and planted in this next era. We're coming into an exciting season um, in the world's history. Like, I just don't doubt that, that God is, like, he, uh, you know, he, he's doing a new thing. Like, we love to say that, don't we? Like, God's always doing a new thing. And, and I don't want to say that just for the sake of it, but it just feels like that we're on the edge of a new season. And this morning, my word is going to be just kind of like right in that, in that lane. So I just hope that you really get ready and receive actually your part in this next season. Like, we're not just talking about the church as a Sunday thing here, but we're talking about the church going uh, to the world. So yeah, uh, great to have you with us. And I just hope you enjoy this message this morning. Um, let me start with this story. Just west of the shores of Scotland, uh, there is this small string of islands known as the Hebrides. I don't know if anyone's heard of that or been there, but they're pretty outer rim, Scottish, cold, blizzard, harsh climate. And there's, uh, there's actually this mighty revival spread across these islands from 1949 to 1952. And this happened because of Two old ladies and some young church leaders, and they were humble enough to cry out to God and change the atmosphere. Their names were Peggy uh, Smith and Christine Smith, and they were both in their 80s, and they were both too old to go to church, to make it to church uh, regularly. Um, That didn't stop them, however. These two ladies, they maintained this incredible atmosphere in their own home of prayer and worship, and they met God in their home, like any one of us can actually do. But they, they specifically got really burdened for young people uh, in their land. And one night they sensed that the Lord gave them this promise from Isaiah 43, and it says this, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on dry ground. My spirit, your descendants, my blessings, and your offspring. Like, that's God's, God's like saying something there to these women. And they began to pray in that promise. And then they had this vision of churches full of young people. And they shared it with the elders of this church. And then several of them, they began to meet, not in a church, but they began to meet in a nearby barn and uh, wait on 
God. And then one night, these guys became so convicted after reading Psalm 24, and it says, Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those with clean hands and pure hearts. And they repented, and the Holy Spirit swept through that uh, meeting in a real powerful way. And then this minister came into uh, their region called Duncan Campbell, and he went to preach there for 10 days, but he ended up staying for more than two years and about 75% of the inhabitants of those islands encountered God's grace and were saved over those three years. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible that uh, this awakening in the middle of nowhere uh, to the reality of God's love. And these, this reality was made possible just because two old ladies wouldn't let go of that desire, not for God to bless them, but for God to flow through their lives and bring this impact into a region. And their impact wasn't an impact of condemnation or judgment or fire and brimstone or legalism, but it was an impact of love. It was a wave of revival and hope spread through those, uh, through the, through the, um, the Hebrides. And you know, I just want to, you know, you guys know this, but incredible things uh, are, they, are possible when we surrender, when we surrender our lives to Christ. Like that's where it changes. That's where things start happening. Is at that point of surrender to Christ. And and I love that these women. They just, they they got a heart for young people. They got a heart for someone outside of themselves. And so we are in this season, I believe, where as a church, we're going to start gaining a greater heart for the people in our community to go to. And um, we attended this, uh, you know, New Life Conference. Probably Josh spoke about that last week, um, uh, a week or so ago. But we attended this conference and uh, the New Life Movement, It's we're a part of and we're excited about this movement. Like God is doing Great things in the New Life Movement. The conference has actually grown from, like it doubled. There was almost 800 people there this year. And the messages were not just for pastors, but they were for everyone to gain from. And so I'd just love to take a big crew there next year. And we're going to be in Wellington or Auckland. Um, so I love what God's doing in our movement. But at the end, one of the most impacting things for me was right at the end, and they did this honor service for the guest speakers. And one of the Maori pastors were, was asked to speak, and he spoke to them about how uh, native birds, you know, we love native birds, and they create a chorus before the dawn breaks. And I don't know if you've ever, you're up early in the morning, but any birds, man, they just get noisy. And, and they create this chorus, and, and this man uh, spoke over these guest speakers, and he said that in God, our nation And our church movement is in a new era and that they had brought the sound to awaken the dawn of this new age. And it was just such a great, another great confirmation that God is, we're right on the edge of God doing something uh, wonderful in this nation that we're included to be a part of. Psalm 57, David says this, my heart is steadfast. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and uh, and harp. I will awaken the dawn. See, I love this. I will awaken the dawn. And it was like those speakers were speaking over our nation saying, you're going to awaken the dawn like the, the chorus of the native birds are going to awaken the dawn. But David wrote this psalm 
when he had fled from King Saul, who was trying to take his life. And he wrote this as he was hiding in a cave. Who knows that the only things that actually dream about hiding in caves are bats and bears and probably spiders. And it's, it's not my dream to hide in a cave. Is anyone else with me there? It's, it's, it's safe to say that if you are hiding in a cave, this is actually not a victorious moment in your life. So David's in this dark time and he's in this dark place, but it's, it's the time before the dawn of his reign as a great king in this nation. But he actually refused to let the darkness of his current position deter his hope for what was ahead for him. David had unfulfilled dreams and promises and, and unfulfilled prophecies. And I don't know if you're here today with a sense of like, I'm, I've got this far in life, um, but I'm still not fulfilled in the things of God. I'm still not fulfilled in my pursuit of truth. I still feel like a loose end or I, I'm just not, I haven't arrived into this place. And, and so David, he determined that this environment, that this cave of his current position would not become the tomb of his dreams. He said, I will awaken the dawn. I will do it. I will take responsibility for my position in life to pursue every word of God, every call of God, and, and, the, and the, the power that God has put in within me. I'm actually going to be the one that stirs this up. I'm going to awaken this new day around my life. And he was steadfast in his determination uh, to become the catalyst for this new dawn in this new era. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? We're called to partner with God's promises. Let's not be a church that watches life go by. Let's not be a church that lives vicariously through other people and go, you know, I see they're doing a great job up there, but that's not me. You know, maybe that isn't you, but you've got a lane to run in and a path to pursue that God has called you that is so, so significant. You know, our Thrive Church um, governance team, we met about three weeks ago specifically to share about where we believe God is leading us at this time. And what came out of that time together is, was this was before all this other stuff that is that we are in a gear change season that it's time to change gears and go to another level and and we looked at some of those things that have been talked about over our church and and there's prophetic words and we're like we believe in all that we believe that we are called to be a wellspring of revival we believe that we're called to see 10,000 souls impacted with the love of Jesus in this region. We're called to this region. If you live in this region, you're the missionary for this region. You're the one. You're the one. You're the one that the lost are looking for. You're the one that the lonely need. You're the one that is positioned at this time. And the love and the grace of Jesus Christ desires to flow through your life so desires to flow through you. And he wants to just like, you know, you're called to bring radical living. You know, like Jesus, he was the model for normal Christian lifestyle. And he was radical, <laughs> not normal. And he wants each one of us to take our place and do our part and be um, included in the fullness of God's promises to this community. Every one of us are a part of this church. If you're in this church, we're all in this together. Earlier in this week, I was reading um, through the early chapters of the Gospel of Mark, and it's, it's all Jesus. It just reveals and shows to us that no matter where Jesus went, 
There was no, there was no mountain high enough. You know, there's a song, isn't there? There ain't no mountain high enough. Yeah, all right. So there's, he, everywhere he went, it didn't matter what you looked like, what you smelt like, whether you're in a tree or whether you're on the other side of the lake or whether you're a demon possessed, there was nothing that could stop the love of Jesus getting, come on. There was nothing. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching. There was nothing. And man, we've got to get excited about this radical love that lives in us. And so I just want to bring today just three takeaways from this text to awaken the dawn of, of your new season, of the, of the season that you're in. So we're just going to jump into Mark, uh, Mark 5 here. It says, when Jesus had crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he pleaded earnestly with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. See, Jesus, he's on a mercy mission. Suddenly, he's crossed over the light and he's, suddenly he's on a mercy mission to do something radical. And then it goes on to say, a large crowd Followed and pressed around him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, and she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. She'd come to the completely to the end of herself, hadn't she? And it says, instead of getting better, she grew worse because she thought, if I could touch his clothes, this is Jesus, I will be healed. And she touched his clothes and immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Isn't that awesome? We've got a lady here. She'd come to the end of herself. She'd spent everything that she had. There was 12 years of doctors, descriptions and prescriptions. And after 12 years of waiting, discouragement and suffering, this era is over for her. And I love that she was healed. I love that. That is like the biggest thing of that. But you know, there's something else in here that I love that isn't the main thing, but it's the main thing that I love about the Scripture. And the main thing that I love is that Jesus didn't know what He was doing for her when she was healed. He didn't know. He was like, who touched me? Who was it? He just knew that somebody had reached out and accessed the grace of his healing. Jesus was not intentional in her healing. He didn't say any magic words. He was just trying to make his way through a mob of people. He was just trying to get through a crowd. See, this lady's healing was activated by her faith. It was activated by what she saw in Jesus. And even though there was, a, there was others in the crowd, others with large needs and probably, you know, that, that could have been on death's door. There was other people there. She was the one that stretched out her hand in faith and her resilient, determined, persevering, if I could just touch Jesus's clothing type of faith, there was that that connected her to Jesus's default power setting. <laughs> like Jesus has a default power setting and that is healing. His default 
power is love. His default setting is grace. He is his. He defaults to mercy. He defaults to the goodness. He this, and we just got to reach out and take a hold of that. And it's like zzz, connected. You know, I'm connected because that is who is he, he is. And she and I love it that Jesus felt he he felt this current being drawn from him. It's like she plugged in. She plugged in. He was like, I got it. And he's like, something what? I just, someone just took something from me and I didn't even know. I didn't even mean to. I love that about Jesus. That it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's through faith. You know, the grace, grace is there, but we've got to take a hold of it through faith. And she was healed because of who she perceived him to be. And that was the healer. The point number one to awaken uh, this new era is to awaken our faith. We're going to awaken our faith in Jesus. We are the initiators of our faith. Our faith requires an action, a response, an expression. And, 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 and our faith moments will not happen unless we are looking for them. Faith is a participated sport. It's calling us to be active. It says in James, faith without works is dead. Dead faith is no faith. So we keep this faith alive by moving towards what we believe. I love the story about Thomas Edison. And Thomas Edison's teachers as a, as a schoolboy, they said he's too stupid to learn anything. He was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. As an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful t- attempts at inventing the light bulb. When a reporter asked him, how did it feel to fail a thousand times? Edison replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. Our faith requires perseverance. Your faith requires diligence and perseverance. Jensen Franklin said this, it's not a time to doubt our beliefs and believe our doubts. It's a time to feed our faith and starve our fears. And maybe you're here today for the first time and just so good to have you here along this morning. Or maybe you're here for the 200th time. No matter where you are on your journey in life, the next step into your promise and into your destiny in God is always going to take a step of faith. You never outgrow faith. You never become a pastor and you're like, you've made it. You don't need faith anymore. You've got the badge. It's all good. You're just a man of faith. No, like life is a risky business. And, and God's calling us to not to live out of this cognitive, our mind. He's calling us to live out of our heart. And I love that faith acronym, forsaking all, I trust him. Forsaking all, I trust him. And that is like the core of our faith is it, it leans on the shoulders of quiet trust, of big trust. And we trust in a good God when we move forward in radical faith. And at the... At the end of the service today. There's going to be a response time where, where we want to create a moment where you can step out in faith and, and activate what you're seeing in Jesus. Maybe you're seeing salvation in Jesus and it's time to move towards salvation. Maybe it's healing and it's time to move towards healing. Maybe it's a breakthrough financially and it's, it'll be a time to move for, towards that. If 
Faith is an action, and we want to create opportunities here at Thrive for you to act in your faith. Okay, let's get back into this day with Jesus in Mark 5. It says, um, this is actually when um, Jesus finally made it to Jairus' house. Do you remember he set off? He was going to go on this mercy mission to heal Jairus' daughter, and then the, the crowd got around him, and, and then the woman got healed. And, 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 and when he made it to this house, though, he turned up, and unfortunately the crowd there were already planning her funeral. And he went in and he said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? This child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Max Dupree, he said this, a leader's role is to define reality. And I love this because Jesus went in to a place where they were preparing for a funeral and he redefined the reality of this child's future because he was tuned in to a different frequency from everyone else in the room. He would, he'd walked into this house and he walked into this room and it says it was full of noise. He says, why is all this commotion and wailing? And then he said, she's not dead, she's asleep. And then everyone laughed at him. There was more noise. He was bombarded with all this noise. And, and, but Jesus, who knows that Jesus is not swayed by the popular opinion of the crowd? So as a, it's a leader's job to re- define reality. So he put them out and he tuned in to the voice of the Father. And I love this because Jesus models to us For us to see miracles, for us to see God's promises revealed in our lives to healing, the supernatural to take place, we've got to first shut down all the noise, all that noise that seeks to drown out the language of heaven needs to be silenced in our lives. See, Jesus wasn't just another commentator in that room saying, oh, she's already gone, defining what was going on. In that room, he took this posture as a director who was listening to the producer defining what needed to happen on the set. He's like, This is, I'm tuned in to this reality. The second point today, we're going to awaken our heavenly voice. If we want to awaken this dawn around our lives, we're going to awaken to what God is saying. It's so normal in our culture to commentate on what's happening but it's also very unlikely that the commentary of our culture is the same language that God is actually speaking and using over the challenges that we face in our lives. Don't let your circumstances speak to you about your current location, unless they're awesome. (laughs) Don't let the crowd speak to you. Let the voice of love speak to you and define your next steps. I love Jesus. He was like, there's too much noise here. I need to eradicate this antichrist negative commentary of what's going on in this room. This child is not dead. She is alive. Jensen Franklin, he recently asked a Hispanic friend of his, if his children spoke Spanish 
No, he replied, I wish they did. But to be honest, my wife and I don't speak Spanish around the house. He said, we're just so busy that even though it's um, the language we were raised with and we're bilingual, our children never hear it. Uh, hear us use it in the car or in the home. So they don't know any Spanish. It's not even a second language in our home. The Bible says this, that we were created by his voice. That he knew us before the foundation of this world. His words of life are our, our native tongue. That's, our, that's, the, that's the real you. Speaking heaven's perspective is the real you. We were created to speak heaven's perspective over our lives, over our families, over our challenges. And like any new language that we try to learn, it's going to be hard to get our heads around. It's going to seem foreign at first, but to awaken, I just want to lean on this, to awaken everything that God is calling us to step into, we've got to start agreeing with Him. And then we've got to start declaring out what he is saying over our lives. 1 Peter says this, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. What are you speaking? What's your language? It's challenging, isn't it, to to have a tough day, to go home and speak out the words of life. It's challenging when your kids, like you've been driving for six hours and your kids are like on the back seat and you just want a really long arm that could slap them all. <laughs> that's, not, that's not God's response though. He's calling us to erratic. Sometimes it's just better to say nothing. That's what Debbie often tells me. So I'm learning all right here. But our children, this is, this is interesting. Though. Our children have to hear us declaring our faith speaking our prayers and praise, demonstrating our relationship with Jesus. If the words we use in our homes don't model a Christ-following lifestyle, our children will never become fluent in it themselves. Bill Johnson said this awesome quote the other day. When we protect our children from problems in prayer, sometimes we protect them from breakthrough in the testimony that they need to be a part of. Let's include our children. I'm speaking of parents, obviously, here in our story. Let's include them. I like, don't freak them out, <laughs> but let's include them in our prayer times. Let's let them learn the language of what a Christ follower um, has. It says here in Mark 3, verse 14, that he, this is a part of the story. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that they might, he might send them out to preach. My third and final point is that we need to awaken to our assignment. Like those old ladies, man, they just weren't content for God to live in them. Christ isn't content just to live in you. He is desires to live through you, to live through your life. He doesn't say just to his 12 little disciples here, he doesn't say, hey, my 12 little boys, let's just get together. Let's just chill on Sundays and have a nice time of fellowship with scones and lattes. (laughs) As Christ followers, we haven't been just saved from something. We have been saved for something. 
We've been saved for our families. We've been saved for our community. We've been saved for this world. And Jesus takes that to the next level with his disciples in Mark 6. He says, calling the 12 to them, he began to send them out two by two and give them authority over impure spirits. He gave them authority and he sent them out. He didn't send them to church. He sends them to the world. And as much as I love Sunday gatherings and it's so important to come together around the Word and fellowship and worship, the world is where we need to spend most of our times being the church. That's where we need to be the church. The church isn't something that we just come to. It's who we are on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right through to Saturday. You know, if you're a teacher, and you teach at school, that is the church teaching. If you lead a business, you're a manager, that's the church managing and leading in business. If you're a caregiver, that's the church caring. If you're a student, that's the church learning. If you're at a party on the weekend, that's the church partying. You are the church. You are the light of the world. This is your assignment. This is your time to go. Don't leave it up to somebody else. Don't leave it up to somebody else. You are called to run in this lane. One day we're all going to give an account for what we've done with what He's given to us. This is your time to own your Christ-given appointment and go with the message, the message of hope, the message that brings life. A few weeks ago, I had a dream. In this dream, I was awoken in the middle of the night. I didn't actually wake up, but in the dream I woke up. And I woke up by a couple who were insisting that I went out with them to watch the sun come up. I knew I was staying on the equator because it was really, really warm. And I walked over to this large open window and I looked out into the night sky and I looked across the beach and the stars were up and it was just, it was dark. And then suddenly the sky turned red, purple, orange and pausing for effect. I practiced this and it didn't have any tears. <clears throat> but it just, it went from dark to the dawn breaking just like that and the sun just came up. And the guy who had taken me over to the window, he just looked at me with a big smile on his face and he said, the new day begins quickly around here. And that was the end of my dream. And I just woke up and I knew God was just speaking to me about the space that we're in personally and the space that we're in as a family, the space that our nation is in. God wants to do it suddenly in this season. And it's going to be by His grace. I just wonder if you'd stand with me in this moment. And let's just keep an atmosphere and a posture of just listening to Him. I just want to Obviously, there's a response from this message and God's calling us to awaken. And just remember when Jesus um, 
you know, looked at Jairus' daughter and, and said, she's not dead, she's asleep. And I just, I just believe there's some people here today who have just felt like there's some things that have just been dead in their life. But God's saying to you today, they're not dead, they're just asleep. And he said, little girl, get up. And immediately she got up. And I just know there's some people that just need to say, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up to some of those dreams. It's time to wake up to those prophetic words over your life. It's time to wake up. It's time to awaken your faith. Faith is an action. It's a response. It's something that you see in your heart and you know God's calling you into it. It's not something to reason through. And I just, I just believe you just got to let your faith loose at those things that look dead. It's time to let your faith loose at those things. It's time to awaken our heavenly voice. It's time to back up our faith expression and speak life over the promises and make our words count. It's time to awaken to our assignment. We all have an appointment to this world. Let's be a church that goes, that doesn't just stay behind. Let's be a people. Every, I, just, I know this, every row is filled with gold in this church. Every seat in this church has got someone who sat on it this morning that has got such great promise and destiny around their lives. And I don't want you to miss out on God's purpose and call for you. Perhaps you're here this morning and you've never heard that God can actually be in your world and that He could be your friend and He actually has got a plan for your life. I just want to give you an opportunity in this place right now to say, God, I want to follow you. It means a couple of things. It just means saying, hey, I want to surrender. I just actually, I've come to the point in myself where I realize that I've just been a lousy boss of my own life and I just want to say, God, it's yours. I want to follow you. And it also means that when we come to Jesus, we're actually saved from our sin. We're actually, all the things that have corrupted our past, all the things that have corrupted our life, whether it's from others or we've hurt ourselves, when we come to Jesus, the Bible says that the old is gone and the new's come. It's as though those things never happened in our lives. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. And I just wonder today if there's anyone in this place that wants to just say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. Just in this moment, can we just all close our eyes? And if that's you here this morning, you want to step into a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've just been away from him and you've just become disconnected and you want to say, I want to plug in to that power. I want to plug into that grace just with every eye closed and head bowed, I just wonder if you just take this moment to lift your hand and say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. I want to follow Jesus. Awesome. I see those hands. I just want to take a little moment longer. I just believe today that some people here that you've been looking at your life and going, my life is like a dead thing. My life is dead. And I just, I feel like it's over. And Jesus is just saying, no, that's not true. That's not true. It, you're going to have fullness of life with me. If you're here today and you want to say, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior, I just want you to lift your hand right now. Just lift it nice and high and just say, yeah, Glenn, that, 
that's me. I just want to pray with you, just with every eye closed and head bowed. We're just going to say this prayer together, and you can just make this your own. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Please come and heal what needs to be healed. Cleanse what needs to be cleansed. Forgive what needs to be forgiven. Show me the, show me the reality of belonging to you. I choose this day to make you my friend and my savior. I put you at the center of my life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today as well, and you're just like, man, I just want to respond and step into a faith zone, a declaration zone, and an appointment this morning. You're like, I've just been avoiding my appointment. I want to just, as we, we're going to go into a time of praise and worship right now. Just as we go into this time, I just want to invite you to come out of your seat and to come up the front. And I just want to release the dawn of a new age over your life. Like a new, this is the new you. This is you full of courage. This is you full of faith. This is you full of vision. If you're lacking that today, if you're not living with hope, then I'd love to pray with you. We've got a ministry team who would love to pray with you this morning. And that'd be awesome. And everyone said... Amen. So good. Hey, amazing to share with you this morning. We're going to finish with a song, but if you'd love to respond this morning, we would love to pray with you. So good. Thanks, team.